0: Hey, Carter here, let's look at week 13 in the Luke Journal. We've only got a couple weeks left, and the whole entirety of all the scripture, old and new, comes at the culmination of these couple chapters, these last couple chapters in Luke and the Gospels. Uh, Let's look at the last few days of Jesus' ministry as he lays his life down and is raised to life. And then let's look at the highlight for this week, titled Our Substitute. Let's dive in. Our vision is to give every baseball player around the world the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, respond to the message, and grow in the relationship with Jesus Christ. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. This is the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast with Full Count Ministries. I love how this turned out, that we have just finished up the week of Easter. You know, we started in Palm Sunday last Sunday, and we moved through the this Holy Week, uh, ended with Good Friday, and then now we're celebrating Easter today. And a lot of you have heard really good sermons this morning on the the life death and resurrection of Christ and what it means for us and a lot of the guys in our D groups have probably uh, heard the same uh, story from one of their pastors or they've tuned in online uh, or they maybe have they didn't get that opportunity and then this week uh, and hopefully last week that you're able to share this story with them and we're moving into the last couple of weeks of the Luke journal which is Amazing! I think this is a a, such a good way to to end Uh, the story is to to see it, uh, you know, being told all over the world, and then we're actually diving into it in the Luke journal, so it becomes more real to them because we're we're focusing on it in our D groups. So, uh, with all of that said, uh, a lot of these guys uh, maybe in the past have only been able to hear about who christ is on easter sunday and then maybe have a really really long break until christmas and may not even hear the story really even then Uh, they might just focus on the holidays instead of who christ is and the reason for the season as we always say at christmas so uh this is just this is so important uh what we're doing here is that we're we're helping them develop a daily discipline um, and a heart, uh, not just a discipline, but a heart for encountering God every day. We want to get up and we want to think about uh, what God has planned for our lives for that day uh, and how we can serve him every day. And, you know, as as Jesus did, he went to the cross uh, bearing our sins um, and he suffered. Uh, We also... As we studied, we uh, move into suffering with him when we follow Christ. Uh, We deny ourselves for others. We deny ourselves for God's will for our lives. Um, And that's what Jesus did all the way up to the cross. He uh, denied himself for other people. He went and healed people. He touched the lepers and healed them. He cast out demons. He was doing ministry and he was teaching God's word to people who, had really uh, a tough time comprehending what he was actually saying about the kingdom. Uh, they were hard-headed. Um, we we saw the ministry of Jesus and how he had patience. He had all the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm sure you know what those are. But um, it's just such a good uh, reminder and I, I'm so glad that we're able to you know finish up the week at Easter but also dive in a little bit deeper in these daily readings so don't give up on your D groups um you have the opportunity to encourage them to read the rest of the story and you have the opportunity to to uh dialogue with them over the story and when you have time uh this is going to be uh I want I want to encourage you to dig a little bit deeper and to be able to answer the, some of the questions that these guys might have about the story. Um, so, why did Jesus use the the cup um, as a picture of him taking the wrath of God? Why did he use the the bread, the unleavened bread, as a, a picture of who he was as the bread of life? Um, there's just so many different. Uh, little things that we can draw from the Old Testament references to point to who Jesus was. There, it, these didn't come in by accident, is what I'm trying to say. And we can also see in the story, especially in this this week's readings, of who, who we are. Uh, the disciples, um, just ordinary guys, were a picture of who we are. The disciples wanted to know where their place was in the kingdom of heaven. Um, they were so focused on themselves, and we do that a lot of the time. We focus on who we are instead of who Jesus is and His will. So the disciples were asking that question. Where are we? Where is my place in the kingdom of heaven? Um, they didn't understand uh, Jesus's death and resurrection, so they they didn't understand all the way up until it happened and after He rose from the grave. Uh, Peter said one thing he wasn't going to deny jesus but then he did deny jesus that's that's us we were so hypocritical um and then there's barabbas the highlight for this week who was the insurrectionist he was the guy who was actually doing he was breaking the law but he got that pardon um he was uh, who we are, and Jesus pardons us from our sin. He, he takes our place, like he takes Barabbas's place. So and then there's there's who Jesus is. He is the new covenant. Um, we can look back at uh, Exodus twenty four, actually, and see. Um, how this this old covenant unfolded and the kind of the consummation of this covenant with uh, Moses, Aaron, and Aaron's sons and the seventy elders of Israel that went up to to meet God. And a lot of people don't uh, don't know about this reference, so I just wanted to read it real quick. Um, And it's presented in a way that is so relatable to the 12 disciples. Um, They were ordinary men, but they also knew the scriptures. And so uh, Exodus 24, 8, verse 8 starts with this. Moses, then he took the, the blood, sprinkled it on the people and said, this is the blood of the new covenant or blood of the covenant. He didn't say new covenant, the blood of the covenant that Lord, the Lord, has made with you in accordance with all these words, Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel went up and saw god saw the God of Israel under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, lazuli. <laughs> it sounds like a pasta there I don't know it's uh as bright blue as the sky. Uh, So something pretty beautiful that was laid under the feet of God. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. Um, So that sounds pretty familiar that uh, God ate and drank with those leaders of the Israelites. And then Jesus comes and he sets the table for the 12 and eats and drinks with them as well, making a new covenant. So. Gosh, there's so many little things like this littered littered throughout Scripture, especially in the New Testament. And we've seen that in Luke uh, many times over that the, there's these Old Testament references. And there's, I think, a lot of pastors that are wanting us to unhinge from the Old Testament, which I don't think is possible that you get such a, a more rich uh, view of Scripture when you see things in light of the Old Testament. I don't know how you do that without seeing... You know, the picture of the Passover land that your pastor probably talked about this morning uh, on Easter Sunday, that, you know, he, like Jesus laid his life down and, you know, Moses told the people, hey, wipe the blood over the doorpost. And when the angel of death sees that blood on the doorpost, he's going to pass over. Just like we're passed over from um, from death because Jesus was a sacrifice in his blood Uh, covers us just like that Passover lamb so there's that picture and then also in Exodus 12 that that uh, actually shares a story of the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread which also isn't really talked about all that much so it might be good to go research that a little bit and read that chapter Exodus 12 now I can just tell you right now I have something uh, written out for that uh, that I'll just read here about the unleavened bread. Uh, Just as unleavened bread does not have yeast, Christ lived a life without sin. God made him who had no sin be sin for us so that in him we might have the righteousness of God. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21, that reference. And then many Christians see the significance of the stripes and holes in the traditional matzah crackers. That's what the unleavened bread, that's the tradition of how they would prepare the, the bread for Passover. They're called matzah crackers. Uh, just as Christ suffered the beating, his, uh, his brow was pierced by the, thor- the crown of thorns and a sword pierced his side and the nails were driven into his hands and feet. Uh, the matzah is pierced and there's actually stripes on the matzah crackers as well. So that's a picture of who Jesus was and his body was broken for us so i'm going to read um, isaiah fifty three four through five surely he was he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, struck down, and afflicted, but he was a pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities, and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and it, by his stripes we are healed so we um, don't have to endure the wrath of God because Jesus took our place. He was stricken by God is what uh, Isaiah 53 says. He was stricken by God, so we didn't have to be stricken by God, which is such a beautiful, beautiful picture. So um, I want to encourage uh, you guys to, to look into things like that. Exodus 24, um, uh, Isaiah 53 um, Exodus 12, those references that I talked about. And then uh, there's one more that I wanted to talk about real quick before we wrap this up and talk about Barabbas a little bit more deeply is that when Jesus went before Pilate and Herod um, and he was taken by the chief priests and the teachers of the law uh, to condemn him, uh, to put him to death, they asked him plainly, Um, They said, if you are the Messiah, tell us. Uh, They wanted him to confess that uh, right then and there. And Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me. And if I asked you, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. So a lot of your D group guys might have this question. Maybe not. Maybe none of them will. But uh, if they really thinking about it, uh, why would Jesus call himself the son of man? And that goes back to Daniel seven. I would, I would, I want to encourage you guys to go look at that if you don't know this specific reference, but so Daniel dreams of these four just terrible beasts that come out of the sea and, and rule and have dominion and, it's just a terrible, terrible uh picture of what the kingdoms are gonna be like after well during D- Daniel's time, but after his time as well, and then when this son of man comes onto the scene. I'm just gonna read daniel seven uh eleven through fourteen and share with you this this little picture here, but this is when the uh the last beast comes on the scene, this really terrible looking beasts with iron teeth and uh, just some horns and heads. And I don't know, it's kind of crazy, but uh, here's Daniel 7, 11. Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words, the horn was speaking. This is also something that happens on the, the last beast. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body was destroyed and thrown into the blazing fire. The other beasts were stripped of their authority, but were allowed to live for a period of time in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient of, ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power all over all nations and peoples of every language, and they worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So I think uh, Christ, when he's saying that he is the son of man here pictured in Daniel 7, uh, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, it 's not just saying hey i 'm a guy uh, i 'm the son of man, just like uh i 'm a son of man <laughs> like i 'm a person no he 's saying he 's the son of man in Daniel seven, the one that 's coming on the clouds that has all authority and glory and sovereign power, and the one where his kingdom won 't pass away so uh that 's a pretty important thing that you can share with your d groups this week is that you know all these pictures. All these things that are happening in the New Testament have Old Testament references, and they really uh, they're really important in sharing who Jesus is. Um, that He is the the blood. Uh, he he His blood is the blood that was shed for us. He was the payment uh, before a holy God for us. He is the bread of life. He is the the Son of Man that's coming on the clouds. He is the culmination of the whole entirety of the scriptures from beginning to end. Uh, Jesus is our everything. All right, so let's not take too long on this. Uh, we've already talked a lot about this week's chapters, but we need to focus on week 13's highlight called Our Substitute, because this is what I think is important for our D groups this week that we talk about. It's Luke 23 13 through 25, and you can flip to that and read that so you can pause that right now. Yeah, pause right now and uh, look at that, read that. Uh, it's on page 166 of our the physical copy of the journal. So, uh, yeah, this is the, the story that Jesus took the place of an insurrectionist, a murderer, uh, somebody who actually was breaking the law. And uh, that's who we are. That's who we are. We are Barabbas. Uh, the people who are trying to solve the problems uh, themselves—we uh, try to find our own way of salvation. There's tons of uh, philosophies and religions out there that, and self-help books that are tell you how to uh, to make make things right. And I think it's super interesting. Uh, you you can't read too much into this, but. Uh, if you look into it yourself a little bit, um, it's, it's really interesting that, okay, so the name Barabbas uh, has actually a specific meaning. And I don't know if this is a name that his parents gave him or if he gave himself or other people gave him. We don't know, but this was the name that he was known by. So that's an important thing off the top. Um, Bar... Uh, if you look in your uh, lexicon there, if you have one nearby, if you have one on your phone in your Bible app, the the bar is in the in the first part of his name. B A R is the the root of B E N Ben, which is a Hebrew root for son. Uh, that's the name for son. That's the word for son. And then you see after that, Abba or I, Abbas Abba which is, you've probably heard that before, uh, which is father. So uh, it's basically a translation of that is son of the father. So maybe he's claiming to be another type of Jesus, but one that is trying to do it by the the physical means that most of the Jews thought had to be done, their Messiah was going to actually do, was overturned be an insurrectionist, be the one that turns over the, 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 um, the power to the, the actually God's people instead of the Roman empire. Um, so they were trying to, uh, maybe test Jesus in a way, Hey, we're going to put, uh, this guy who actually, um, claims to be the Messiah and the son of God, the one that's called Jesus or Joshua, the one that's come to save, uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, test him out. Uh, we're gonna put him on the cross and see if he can get himself off the cross and do what we want him to do, um, and let this Barabbas guy off uh, because he's actually doing the things that we we want him to do. But <clears throat> I can't help but think of the the picture that Genesis paints of Joseph, and not think about this, the story of Joseph when I'm looking at this. Uh, and this isn't written in anything in your highlight, but uh might be a good reference after you guys have already gone through the story of Genesis in the fall to reference this, is that, you know, uh, Jesus was betrayed, um, and he was, uh, you know, he and Joseph was betrayed, uh, he was sold into slavery and he, um, he went through, went through that slavery, went through Potiphar's house and was falsely accused like Jesus was falsely accused and, uh, thrown into jail. And, uh, at the end of the whole thing, when, you know, Joseph comes out the other end and saves, uh, you know, his family and saves like the whole area because of this famine uh, that he had, you know, stored up grain for and helped his people through. You know the story because you went through it. But you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And I think that's what Jesus is thinking here, too, is that these people, they mean it for evil. And <laughs> but uh, God meant it for good. And we know that because of what Jesus has been saying all along i'm gonna have to be killed i'm gonna have to go through this stuff i'm I'm the body uh I'm the bread here that's being broken for you I'm the uh my blood is gonna be poured out for you uh and this is how uh it's all going down is that these people are putting him on a trial that is is not uh, the right way to do it um it's a a false trial um they're trading Barabbas a guy that's actually uh an insurrectionist and a murderer and a lawbreaker for Jesus. I mean, all these so many things are wrong with this picture, but Jesus the whole time is staying silent. And I think that he's thinking or he's got to be meditating on they mean it for evil, but God's meaning it for good. And so a lot of these conversation starter questions with your D groups this week are going to be good. If you can go through, I think they're all pretty simple to, to ask and answer, but we just want them to answer it for themselves. What was Jesus guilty of, and did he deserve to die? I think you know the answer to that, but it'd be good for them to answer it. Are we, uh, what are we guilty of? Do we deserve to die? Was Barabbas guilty? Uh, how are we like Barabbas? Uh, in a sense, how have we put Jesus on the cross? Did Jesus take the place of Barabbas, an insurrectionist and a murderer? Um, what is substitution? Uh, does Jesus take our sin from us when we believe in him? Have you repented and placed your faith in Jesus so that he will forgive your sin? So really, yeah, that that's a great one to end on is to... Really ask them the questions. Hey, have you repented of sin? Are you looking to Jesus? Has He taken your place? And um, that—that's just such a, uh, a a good question to ask them. What do you think about Jesus? How are you going to deal with this? Are you going to uh, try to uh, save yourself with by your own means? Are you going to pull your own kind of little insurrection? Uh, against God and develop uh, a philosophy or a way of life that you think is going to save you and is the best for you? Or are you looking to Jesus and what he's done for you? So don't miss this week's highlight, a really build off Easter Sunday this week. And don't let it be the last time before Christmas (laughs) that they hear about the the story of, of Christ. And Uh, really help them to develop a heart for who God is and what he did for us through the story. Uh, The story's going to do it. Um, God's going to do it in their life. Pray with them, for them. Uh, Be there for them. Uh, When this study ends, uh, build off of it. Uh, find something to read, we're going to jump into First and Second Peter this summer, and we're really coming up on the end of the content. We're putting the book together right now. It's going to be so good to go through that uh, when Peter talks about going through the fiery trials and what that does for us uh, when we go through it and developing a heart for our brothers and sisters and uh, really uh, putting our focus in mind on Jesus, so love you guys. Uh, thank you for for pursuing the study and going through it, going through it with us. Uh, we love you. Uh, hope you have a great week. Hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Training for an Eternal Crown podcast. You can visit our website for more resources and also find this podcast on all major platforms. Full Count Ministries exist to create disciples using the game of baseball. We are a non-profit ministry, and if you have benefited from this resource, we would encourage you to consider donating to the cause to reach every baseball player with the gospel, giving them the opportunity to respond to the gospel, and then to grow in the relationship with Jesus. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so that you can play a part in accomplishing the mission that God has put on our hearts for baseball players around the globe.